Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Listeners, Remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Rose partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe dot co slash clink sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that medication costs are separate that's ro dot co slash clink housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Well, it is a good morning because we are <laughs> drinking shots of Jaeger in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. They oh my keep gosh. correcting us. Oh my we God. are not making friends saying New Orleans. <laughs> we are not. The Uber drivers are left and right are like, oh, where it's are you? It's New Orleans. Yeah. So it's actually not even morning anymore it, in New Orleans. Well, yeah. What time is it? 11, 12? Yeah. So, guys, we are here, obviously, for CrimeCon, and it's over. By the time that you guys hear this, 
So anyhow, we're recording in our hotel room. I think I hear a vacuum next I door. <laughs> like we just can't That's get a ironic. break. And it's been quite an interesting ordeal. Yesterday, what did we do? Yesterday, before we went and partied it up with Nancy Grace. Yes. Yeah. And, and a bunch of, and Kelly Siegler yeah. and some amazing listeners. Oh my gosh. We had a meet and greet. We met some really cool people. The coolest. The coolest. We met Stacy. Shout out to you from Alabama. We love you. We hung up with her all night. Okay, we did. Like till the early morning. Yeah. CJ, mm-hmm. Sam, Grace. Crime Junkie Moms. Yeah, the, they were awesome. Yeah, the mother and the mother-in-law so of Ashley Flowers. They were so cool. And like many others. I mean, we have like tons of pictures. Super fun. Thank you for coming out to our meet and greet. That was amazing. And everybody that we've met here has been just so lovely. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone has been the coolest. Yeah. yeah. Really. We're coming yeah. back. Yeah. We're coming back to Crime Con. So we also went to do a recording with there's that vacuum again yeah (laughs) (laughs) we did a recording uh you tell us about okay i'll tell you about it okay so since we were going to be on location i thought i would take the opportunity to find a crime that was here in Orleans, and so i did and as it would turn out the crime scene itself is part of a museum so I made arrangements for us to actually record there because you know how we do it. Tabitha didn't know anything about the crime, and I thought that would be real interesting. Yeah, and it was really interesting. So we show up, and the woman that owns the haunted museum, museum lovely, her name is Bloody Mary. And y'all might know who she is, actually, because she's on the Ghost Hunter shows and, and Paranormal Lockdown. Yeah. And she's known. She's a spiritual voodoo priestess. Yes, she is. She was amazing. Mm-hmm. And she took us to the apartment and Very we did gracious. a podcast there. However, the sound quality was pretty poor because it was hotter than Haiti. Right. And the air conditioning was on, and it just sounds worse than the vacuum you hear behind me. Right. So so I'm going to retell the story, but we don't want to lose that experience. So when we get to the part where we kind of unveil the actual crime, then we're going to torture you just a little bit and let you hear. Yeah. <laughs> and we're actually going to open also. We're going to put input. Because when we got there, you guys will hear the sound quality, because I'm going to input some of our experience because yeah. I think it's important when we got in there we she had to do a ceremony an offering an offering to the spirit we are in a very spiritual place and so we need Bloody Mary to Walk offer through the spirits so we're going to start with that open the door and have cooperation that's right all right Okay. Y'all were very smart to bring your offerings with you without being told you are commended by the spirits. And spirits love spirits, and we do all these kinds of things together. So I will open the gates. Open the gates, Papa. Open the way to all the spirits that are here, to all the spirits that can hear. Those that are near, we give you libations. We have champagne bubbly that was brought by our friends. We toast. Up, down, left, right. Poor little 
to call you to us tonight. Champagne, the blood of the grape, open the way to the spirits here today. Ashe, ai, bobo. You may take a sip of yours if you need, but always the spirits first. Yes. It was definitely something that Gretchen and I... Listen, we're open-minded. We are very open-minded. Going down the, you know, the rabbit hole with the spirits and the ghosts, that's not usually my thing. No. But we just kept an open mind. We definitely kept an open mind, but, you know, nothing, nothing happened. paranormal happened. No, nothing happened. <laughs> Spoiler. Except I lost my eyelash last night and I was trying to keep up. blaming so- it on the spirit. I think it was. I think she came and she's like, dude, I need to look I need to look hot. And my phone dropped at one point, like kind of spontaneously. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was different. Cool. Branching yeah. out. Okay, let's and guess get what? To oh wait, we'll get okay. to the story. But let's just talk about there is a casino here. Oh yeah. So Gretchen and I went to the Harrah's last night and we ate a bunch of fried shit. And I feel like crap. <laughs> we didn't even play the casino because we, we were so we were hustling yesterday yeah. so we were so busy and tired and tonight is like really our night to like go get it yeah we'll probably have some fun stories for you yeah tonight yeah. we're gonna gamble tonight we're gambling yeah. i'm gonna win back my thousand oh, dollars that's God, all i'm I saying you and you that know what so awesome i'm locking my fucking car from now on okay sorry for my bad language yeah sean <laughs> <laughs> The hubs doesn't like the cussing. He doesn't. I know. My husband doesn't like it either. I know. It doesn't make you look classy. I know. I know. I can't wait till. But I am classy. You know. You are classy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) At times. I know. Y'all, I just put that song. I made a. Are you saying y'all? CD. Yeah, I like to say y'all. I do. Yeah. She thinks she's from the south. I do. It's okay. Yeah. I put together this CD for my Willow pie she loves oh, to sing yes. yeah. yeah and i was not you know she likes like Katy perry beyonce all that stuff yeah so i put hollaback girl i just Ain't made no her hollaback girl yeah and and what's will <laughs> she's this singing shit that? is bananas <laughs> <laughs> i didn't really, i didn't think about it oh my gosh she's totally going to school and saying that and they know. for I'm sure so much trouble. are like you're the worst parent no wonder your kid is never it's in summer. there Blue or whatever she's supposed to be in. Superstar. (laughs) The blue superstar. I know. I know. Okay, tell us this story. Okay, so this story is Zach Bowen and Addie Hall. Okay, Okay. so first I'm going to tell you a little bit about Zach. Okay, Zach was a pretty typical American kid. He was good looking, exceptionally tall. He had decent grades, but wasn't really interested in going to college. He was described as musical, charismatic, well-liked, but all the same, he struggled with feeling awkward and low self-esteem, and by the time he got to his senior year in high school in Santa Maria, he was ready to get out. Santa Maria, California? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, close to us. Close to us. His parents had divorced when he was about 10, and he'd only seen his dad sporadically since then, so when he told his mom that he wanted to drop out of high school and move to Washington State to be with his dad, she was surprised, but she also gave her consent. Both of his parents had a history of just packing up and moving and starting fresh in new places. Like a lot? A couple of times okay. in, his, in his life. And in fact, when Zach got to Washington State him and his dad immediately set out for a extended road trip. So on this road trip, their last stop was 
New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah. NOLA. Okay. So, Zach got a job as bartender. Well, not really a bartender, but serving go cups out of one of the uh, windows in the bars on bourbon, like the to-go cups. I remember you were telling me that you can actually drive through here Uh and order daiquiris daiquiris Mm -hmm. for your your passenger for (laughs) you you got to keep the law is i think you got to keep the straw on but they what they do straw out of it the straw wrapper has to be on top they give you extra straws though in case you get pulled over (laughs) oh my god that is pretty incredible yeah Okay. Listen, these daiquiris are not keto, so you would not like No, that. I wouldn't even get one. No, you for wouldn't. sure. Yeah. Too much sugar. Yeah. But Stacy's keto. Woo Oh, and Stacy's killing it. Oh my god, she's killing it. And she's so cute. She lost fifty pounds already. I know. She's amazing. Oh. I should take it up. Anyways, okay, so one night while working the go window, Zach got the attention of a twenty eight year old stripper named Lana. Ooh, that's she's... a good stripper name. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was in town visiting from Dallas. They hit it off as Zach served her and her friends shots of Jägermeister. Oh, that's probably why we're drinking Jägermeister right yes. now. Okay. And why we brought the, we, of course, we brought, well, we brought the spirits. Spo- spoiler, they're dead. They probably know that already, though. We brought them Jägermeister. Yes. Well, we brought the spirits Jägermeister, but yeah. this woman, Lana, is not dead. No, she's not dead. Okay. So, anyways, we, I think because we're going to input this, so you probably already heard it, but we gave them champagne and Jaeger. Yeah, we did. Good champagne, too. I know. Oh, kind of a waste. And she poured it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Anywho, all worth it. But, anyhow, so three days later, Zach and Lana went on their first date. And a few weeks later, Lana moved out from Dallas to New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> we're never going to be able to. I know. We're never going to be saying yeah. that one down. Yes. And I am a big fan of Lana. She is my people. She is super well, cute. from Dallas. She, okay, and she has this really cool raspy voice, you know, like Lindsay Lohan type. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she says in this book by Ethan Brown, which is where I got a lot of this information, that she just wanted to get out of Dallas because she's sick of all that bourgeois bullshit, people eating bologna sandwiches while they're driving around on their Beamers because they can only afford to eat bologna so they can pay for their Beamers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dallas and Los Angeles. Are they the same? Yeah, so funny, right? (laughs) Yeah. So Lana gets settled in NOLA, and she and Zach were inseparable at first, but that quickly cooled down when she discovered that Zach was only actually freshly 18. She was shocked to discover this because she had assumed that he was at least 21 to be working at the bar. So also, not too long after she discovered how young Zach actually was, she found herself pregnant. Oh, goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. But you know... Lana had it together. She'd been on her own since she was 14 years old, working as a stripper. Wow. And she was like, you know. Making money. Yeah, she was making money. She wanted, now she's 28. She's like, I can do this on my own. I don't, 
you know, she was conflicted as to whether even tell him or not because she didn't want to put that on him. But ultimately, she did tell him. But things at that point in their relationship were kind of tense. So he was conflicted about becoming a father. And she ends up having the baby. And she doesn't even tell him that she's had the baby until after she was home from the hospital. Okay. Okay. So they weren't really together at that point. So at this point, they're not really together. But she's still here in NOLA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... She has the baby, he comes over, and she says, well, then it was a done deal. He was just, the first time he held his son, he was hooked. As we all do. As we all do. And so then he wanted to be a family, and he asked Lana to marry him. Mm. Love and marriage, love and marriage. Right? So they were married by 2000, and, or they were married, and by the year 2000, they actually had another child. So here they are. Two kids. He's very young. He's very young. The pressure, I'm sure Lana is not working the clubs. So the pressure is on for Zach to provide for his family. So he decided to join the military. Okay. That is honorable. Certainly. Certainly is. So through the next few years, Zach served in Kuwait, Iraq, Giza, and Germany. But unfortunately, Zach returned a different person. He was deeply affected by all the death and destruction that he saw. According to his mom, he had befriended an Iraqi boy, and when the insurgents found out, they killed him and his family, and Zach never got over it. And this is just one of the many incidents during his time in the military that he just never got over. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah. So... When he returned to New Orleans, the stress of what we can assume was PTSD had taken such a toll on him, and Lana's marriage was over, and they separated by the summer of 2005. Okay. So he was in the military for five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he got a job bartending in the French Quarter, which is where he met a co-worker named Addie Hall. Addie's best friend describes her as extraordinarily intelligent, kind, funny, poetic, free-spirited, and Zach was taken by her immediately. But it took a little time for Addie to warm up to Zach. She's like this, like, cool, like, boho chick, you know? Mm -hmm. And Zach is this ex-military guy. He used to do, like, magic tricks and stuff for people in the bar, and she thought that was, like, kind of (laughs) cheesy. I love magic, so I would not think that was cheesy, but I could see. yeah. But one night, Zach stayed after Addie's shift, and they had some shots of Jägermeister. Love juice. Always do it. (laughs) Apparently. Some Jäger bombs? Yeah. Yeah, and the sparks flew. Zach called his mom and told her he had found his soulmate. Oh, cute. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't so open with his new friends in the French Quarter he didn't tell any of them initially that though he was separated, he was technically still married and had a couple of kids. Did he tell Addie he had a couple of kids? Eventually he did. And by this time Addie was in love. And so she stayed with him, but she was not happy. She really resented his wife, Lana. She was actually having like no part of Zach going to help Lana get the kids out of town when Hurricane Katrina hit. Oh. 
she was like, I don't think you'll be doing that. And he decided to wait out the hurricane with Addie in her French Quarter apartment. So he didn't even, he didn't leave. No, Lana was super pissed. Okay. She was like, what do you mean? Like, I have two two babies and we got to get out of town like now. What do you mean you're going to stay with your new girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Not smart. Yeah. Not smart, but that's what they did. And Hurricane Katrina came through and we all know what happened. 80% of the city was underwater. 200,000 homes were lost. 1,800 people were dead. Luckily for Zach and Addie, they weathered the storm due to their high location in the French Quarter. But it would be a month before Zach's wife, Lana, or his mother would hear from him and find out that he was okay. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So amongst all the devastation down here, this was a magical time for Zach and Addie. They were like these two underdogs that were like thriving in the environment because they were camping in the street, partying with the survivors. I mean, I know that the vibe down here then was just heavy, but I think they felt like they had such a purpose. Yeah, I can see that. At the time, they were thriving and really bonded with each other over having this experience. So they were on a high with this like escape from reality, you know, no bills, no jobs, and living this different kind of experience. And reporters photographed and wrote about them. They were in the, uh, the New York Times, and they loved the attention. And they didn't have the desire for anything to go back to business as usual. In fact, when things actually begin to normalize and people began to repopulate the city, Zach and Addie kind of resented it. And eventually, the two had to find jobs and the stress of real life set back in. And they'd always been recreational drug users, but they started using drugs and drinking more and more. And, you know, I think they were just trying to, like, catch that. Yeah, they were trying to cope. It was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And there were not a lot of people here. No. No. And for Zach, the drinking and the drugs brought out his jealousy and his aggression towards Addie. She went to work covered in bruises and confided in her boss that they were from Zach abusing her. Mm -hmm. He also began cheating on her on a regular basis while she was out working. And there are plenty of opportunities to do that around here. Why? Well, there's like Bourbon Street, lots of, you know, clubs. It was easy. And as I've told you about... Addie, how she was intelligent and free-spirited and creative, she also had another side of her. She had a real short fuse. She was in a number of bar fights, even like breaking bottles over people's heads. She was known for her sharp tongue. She could be real aggressive. So little badass, maybe you could call her. A little badass. She was a little badass. Yeah. Yeah. So that in combination with, you know... Zach's PTSD and now he's you know knocking her around a bit their relationship is totally toxic and volatile totally yeah yeah we've known people that have had crazy ass relationships like we sure have and this was kind of a familiar situation for Addie from what I could find she had confided in at least two of her friends that her childhood was full of severe sexual and physical abuse 
And I just don't want to gloss over that because there's a lot written about this case about, you know, Zach's time in the military and how every the events that we're going to get into were a result of his PTSD. But there's not a lot about Addie. And at some point, it almost feels like sometimes they kind of blame her. But she had severe trauma in her life, too. And, and that's why she was a little firecracker. Yeah. You know, that's how she's coping. She had some inner demons also. That yeah. Probably... Yeah. So now it's around the time where Addie became aware that Zach was not just hooking up with other women. There were men. Oh. Yeah. He had described himself to friends. Oh, happy gay pride day today. Oh, yeah. It's happy gay pride day. Yeah. 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 They're having a drag queen bingo downstairs. Oh, my gosh. Not drag queen bingo. Drag queen uh, brunch brunch downstairs. And we're going to go right after this. We're going to go put some glitter all glitter over. bar <laughs> glitter <laughs> <They> bar <do. laughs> legit we're going to put glitter all yeah, over yeah, our yeah, face yeah. anyways zach described himself as bisexual to his friends but Addie was never cool with this she was pretty homophobic actually when she would fight with zach and her friends she would throw out homophobic slurs often yeah sometimes sometimes yeah okay i mean that's so hurtful. I don't think oh. you have to do it often for it to. Oh no, you can do it one sting. time. And it's, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I don't, yeah, I don't like that. Mm-mm. So, anyways, this was not her only form of retaliation. Was just saying hurtful things. She got into a fight with her landlord in her French Quarter apartment. So, or some kind of dispute. Okay, mm-hmm. and she had to move, and. She's still with Zach, even though things are really tense, and she needs Zach because he has the money to put up the deposit and the first month's rent, and she doesn't have it. Okay. So she convinces him to go get this new apartment at 826 Rampart Street. Which is where we were. Which is where we were. Okay. So she gets the apartment, and then she asks the landlord to drop a lease and only put her name on it. Because she's thinking, I want to make sure there's a lease with only my name on it so that I can kick Zach out. And he is real mad about that because he just put up all the money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. With the hot tempers they have. Yeah, so that wasn't good. Yeah, no. So she let him know what she had done. Zach called the landlord to confirm this was true. And what that resulted in was Zach strangling Addie to death. The fight led to that. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's a little extreme or a lot extreme. I mean, that's like crazy. Yeah, so this happened in the apartment that we were recording in. And when it was over, Zach had sex with her dead body. And we know this because with Addie lying dead by him in the apartment, Zach picked up her journal and began writing his account of everything that happened. Now, I haven't actually seen this journal. Uh And I think I'm going to check on that, though. Okay, we'll fact check that. We're going to fact check that. And we'll also tell you that... Mary kind of disputed that. Mary did dispute that. She said that it's not confirmed, but... but I read it from multiple sources, so I'm going to fact check my facts. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that's the deal, okay? I think it's pretty sure, too. I think that maybe Mary has a problem with having sex with dead bodies, which... (laughs) 
Oh, and we don't? <laughs> Everybody should have a problem with that. I just want to put, I just want to, you know, be as accurate as, you know, possible. 100%. 100%, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so in this journal, he wrote that he still loved Addie, but he just wanted her to shut the fuck up. And he put her body in the bathtub and set the temperature as low as possible and started to dismember her. Okay, let me just tell you, it's hot as fuck in that apartment. Like, you guys, I don't even know if they had air conditioning at that time because this... It's a tiny apartment. It's a tiny apartment. It's maybe 700 square feet. And it's probably not even 700 square feet, but right now it has a air conditioning unit that goes like in a window. That's Mm -hmm. why it was so loud. It's not central air. Right. And it's still with a fan and the air conditioning. It still was so hot. So I can't even imagine. I mean, you would. Yeah. Yeah. And so what else is bizarre about this is that so he cut her up, Mm -hmm. dismembered her. And then he decided to cook her. And all of this was for 12 days. Like, he was, like, going out, going to work, going to the clubs, and coming home and oh my God. keeping her body on slow cook in pots. Her head was in a pot on oh the stove. Oh, my God. And her I hands mean... were in another pot. Her torso was in the refrigerator. Her legs were in the oven. Wow. You didn't even get into that, actually, when we were recording. But, okay, so we're going to actually go into yeah the kitchen now, and we're going to cut to that because that part, there were was no air conditioning, and we have, you guys can hear a little bit of our experience in the actual kitchen. With the actual oven. With, yeah, with the same oven and refrigerator. And you can also hear Mary talk a little bit about the situation. Yeah. And there are also offerings that we talk about. Uh So we're going to cut now into that. Okay, so catch you you later. This is the kitchen. This is the kitchen. This is It's a very small. I mean, you guys got to imagine this apartment is how many square feet? Maybe 700, 600 total. It's not that unusual for a small French quarter. Yeah, yeah. Like this. I mean, know? it's very cute, for sure. Okay, so this is where he cooked her body. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't eat her, though. People yeah. have tried not. to call no. him the Katrina cannibal. History Channel tried to show, tried to make an agenda that said, you know, it was about voodoo, which it wasn't. It wasn't about what was in here. It was about what was out there and growing. And it wasn't, you know, about, well, it just wasn't about voodoo, and it wasn't about cannibalism. But it he made was for just a better trying show. to get rid of the body of the evidence, and yeah. not he didn't want it to smell. But he had chopped onions and bell peppers and spice on top of here too, which led people to think more. And I read like he that, was that making that a some soup. Some people did actually smell something. Gumbo. Um, oh yes, and they still do. And they still do. What? So there are phantom smells that come up of meat cooking. There are phantom smells. Of certain perfumes, and I have purposely not turned back on the gas or plugged in the refrigerator since I've been here for three years. But for the 10 years after they were here, people did use these same appliances, which came with the apartment. I've gotten hell for still having the appliances. It's like, they came with the apartment. You know, uh, it's just the way it was. So people did live here after they... 10 years of tenants knocking on the door. Absolutely. 10 years of tenants living and cooking their own food on, to- on top yes. of what... 
on top and this on top and this and you know what i'm going to set down my microphone for a second because i want to bring an offering into this room okay please do as you see people leave offerings here all the time yes. money food candy liquor so on the stove we have offerings now and which started coming here on their own i didn't ever tell people that you should leave offerings here I do have altars all over the place that you leave altars at, but we've got tobacco and we've got fire and we've got cigarettes and chewing tobacco and candy and somebody left some pills and <laughs> liquor and, of course, the Jägermeister. So when Money. I'm in a mood or if I feel like anger in the air or something, we do pour a little libation for them like you're mm -hmm. going to now. But the money... It goes to non-for-profit, one, to stop domestic violence in the name of Addie Hall oh, through New Orleans Justice Center. Oh, I love Center. that. And another, and I also, since I am definitely a woman, I definitely do not go with the city's or many people's versions of uh, blaming the victim. I also try to help the spirit of Zachary as well. So we give money to veterans' families around the holidays and such like that. So there is a payback, and it's in their names, and it helps their spirit as well. And Zach and Addie, and especially Addie is around here, and Zach's more in where we were sitting and in the bathroom area. But we do give back the offerings that people give. So I'm assuming that, love that. Zach doesn't make it either. Ah. Oh, no. So 12 days. <laughs> well, that's why they knew what happened. Yes. He, oh, because this is what he wrote yes, on top right. of. In a suicide note, what I said. And yes. then there's other things that allegedly were written in the diary pages that he wrote while he was up here for the 13 days going so mad. he oh. went for a drink at the omni hotel and he jumped off to his death oh. and he, many many drinks many many drinks. <laughs> many drinks so we were actually trying to we're having a meetup tonight mm -hmm. we hope you come at the I'll hotel. Try. and we were trying to actually get it at that rooftop bar at the omni hotel i think it's better that more people will come to the convention yes for sure but but anyways so he jumped and he left a plastic, a note in a plastic bag with his military dog tags that said, call his wife, go to this address, and you will find This was no accident. I had to take a life. Yes, the one that that's I took. right. You can set a patrol car to 826 North Rampart. You'll find the corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, cooking in the oven and chilling on the fridge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whoa. And... And here we are. And that's where we are. There's so, history embedded in here, but I do, do believe that spirits can grow in the interlife or afterlife. They can earn their wings or do good deeds. Addie's grown a lot, but when I first got here, she was still stuck in the death mode screaming. I think because people were blaming her. And yes, I mean, uh, even some books and some things took the slant on his side as opposed to her side. The Me Too movement has helped her as well as it's helped a lot of spirits that are female spirits on the other side that have been battered, butchered, raped, those kinds of things. Yeah. And it's helped release. And she's a growing, functioning spirit that wants to help others. She'll go pop down at readings when we do readings if there's relationship issues that people have. Yeah. You know, like she feels she wants mm -hmm. to help. And sometimes she just wants to party and she comes on bachelorette tours with us. But uh, he, he's okay. a different story. He remembers his humanness when sexy girls come up and, and military. He's still very attached to that. So, you know, it's really, wow. what is really sad about his military history yeah. is that he was suffering. And so he started failing, purposely failing his physical so that he could be discharged. So he got a general discharge. So because it wasn't an honorable discharge, he lost his services. So if there was any chance of him going to get help for his PTSD. Oh, he couldn't he do it. He didn't have access to it. 
That's unfortunate. There was some anger that was There wasn't the awareness at, then. Sure. Well, there was anger noticed at his job, at one of his jobs. We noticed. But I'm not sure if anyone had ever, including himself, labeled it PTSD. All right, now we're back. We're back. From the kitchen. Well, now we're in our hotel room. Yeah, right. But so you guys just heard that clip from our kitchen experience. Yeah. And it was weird. Yeah, how was that for you? It was, <laughs> it was interesting. You guys have to, I mean, it's so hard to imagine, but this We're going to post lots of pictures. Yes, we are. But the kitchen is small it's small how was he cleaning it's up creepy. all the blood i don't know well he did it in the bathtub oh he did it in the bathtub the hacksaw oh mm-hmm. yeah i mean this stove is small yeah the refrigerator small the it's still there and it's the same you can compare it to the crime scene photos yeah oh you guys and where i was sitting when i sat down mary she said i don't know if you want to sit there because it's that's a very spiritual seat. And we were okay with that. We kind of wanted the spirits to come and hang out. Yeah, yeah. So she, she, well, it didn't, except for we just kind of listened to like our recording and maybe <laughs> yeah, that it is, did. That's super weird. Yeah, something happened that's weird and we're going to try to fix it. But if we can't, then we, for sure it was We're just going to blame it on the spirits. Yeah. But you actually haven't gotten into the twist yet. Okay, so there is like another crazy twist to this story. Hmm. Yeah. When I was researching the story, I found that filmmaker Rob Florence had made a award-winning documentary about Zach and Addie, and it had been shown at film festivals. And so, of course, I wanted to get a hold of this documentary, and that led me down quite a rabbit hole. From what I could find out was that he made the film, which took eight years to make, and the central character in this documentary was Margaret Sanchez, who was Addie's best friend. Oh. I've seen trailers with Margaret Sanchez, and well, there's one trailer actually, mm-hmm. and she is, you know, distraught, you know, from what you can see of yeah. her, and seems really genuinely, you know, heartbroken. Upset over what happened Mm -hmm. okay so in the midst of this documentary actually being made margaret and her boyfriend terry were found to be involved in another murder that involved dismemberment what yeah just like addie the two her and her uh, boyfriend terry went to a strip club and they propositioned this stripper named Jaren, Jaren Lockhart. She was a mother of a three-year-old, and she was just about oh. to quit working the clubs to go to cosmetology school. Oh, no. Yeah. They asked her to come have a threesome with them for $700. No way. Yeah, they had actually asked two other strippers, and they got creeped out and said no. But Jaren said yes, because she actually knew Margaret from... Margaret also was a stripper sometimes, too. So it's not like she was, like, just going home with, like, anybody, you know? Okay. And she probably needed the money. Yeah, and she probably needed the money. Well, Jaren's body was found washed up on the beach. God. Yeah. 
So long story short, in pieces, okay, dismembered in pieces. Yeah, long story short, the two were found guilty of murder with the motivation being Margaret's bizarre relationship with the occult. It was supposedly like some night where all their sins would be washed away if they were sacrificed like a female and put her in the water. Police found loads of books on this as well as anatomy books, like, you know, how to like cut people up and shit. That is creep it's weird and people have found this like super coincidental and i don't i don't don't really know. know like what i think about it mary had some thoughts on this mary did have thoughts on it and she had thoughts on new orleans at the time that it was very dark and there were dark spirits around and and bad things kind of surrounded the city that enabled bad things to happen to people she also thought that she thought that she was, Margaret was really had attached to Addie's story yes. and that she kind of wanted to maybe had wanted to work through it by doing a dismemberment herself. Yeah. But she doesn't experience. think that where we do agree is that she doesn't think that Margaret had anything to do with Zach killing Addie. No. Yeah, I don't think so. And I don't think so either, but I will tell you this. So I told you about how you can't find that documentary, right? Yeah. Okay, so there is two trailers, and then there is an, a second trailer that they've taken Margaret out of the trailer, and at the end of it, it says, it reads this message. It says, Zach and Addie's central character, Margaret Sanchez, recently pleaded guilty to manslaughter in the death and dismemberment of Bourbon Street stripper Jaron Lockhart. Margaret's confession was prompted by incriminating footage from the documentary suspiciously connected to the Addie Hall murder, which involved decapitation and dismemberment, and has now confessed to decapitating and dismembering Jaron Lockhart. So what that tells me is we don't have all the pieces. No. There's some reason why you can't see that, and I don't know if they're still working on it and trying to link her to Addie's murder, but I can't figure it out. Oh, my goodness. That, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I almost didn't even want to bring it up, but you got to bring it up. Yeah, you have to bring it up. I don't know when we were talking in the kitchen about the writing on the wall. Did we talk about that? Can you talk about that real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, so. Where I was Like I said, yeah. Like, so like I said, Zach was in this apartment for 13 days. Yeah, that's a long time. He did stuff. He burned himself. I don't think I talked about that. No. He burned himself, like, with a cigarette, like, 28 times for every year of his life. He burned himself. And he spray-painted on the walls. He spray-painted, look in the oven, total failure, call Lana Bowen. He listed, there's, I don't have a photograph of it right here for you to see, Tab, Mm -hmm. but he also listed, like, military, family, all the things he thought he had failed at and he spray painted that was on the wall i mean he was losing his mind yeah yeah and on the oven door he spray painted don't look yeah yeah i mean the story makes me very sad yeah it is like a very tragic sad sad story that is unfortunate that it happened yeah, and you know, one thing I don't I don't think we mentioned is that we did talk about it with really bad audio with Mary is that this case has been called like the Katrina Cannibal, Gal Pal Gumbo and stuff, and there's no real evidence that he, we don't have any evidence that he ate her. Okay, 
And Gretchy doesn't think that he was going to. I don't think he did. To. I think he was but, really just trying to get rid of the body. But, like you heard Mary say, he put bell peppers and all kinds of shit in the pot. And and being in New Orleans, everybody said it's gumbo. Like, all the stuff that he put in there was to make gumbo. So, after I heard the story, I think, my biased opinion. Oh, okay. And you're, you can have that. You know, because I'm opinionated over here, is that he thought about it. Yeah, like maybe. He thought maybe. about eating her as a way to get rid of her. Get rid of her. And, or maybe he was just going flipping crazy. Crazy, which he was for sure. But I don't know why you go to the grocery store, buy a bunch of stuff to make gumbo, put it in the pot with your girlfriend's head. Oh, and. So- I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. It just, it's a wackadoodle thing. I know. So how do we feel? Okay. So how do we feel about this? I don't know that I'm feeling like, I don't know that I'm feeling this uh, going to the crime scene thing. <laughs> that might be like, maybe this was like a little. It was dark. It was this story dark. is, this is dark. super dark. Yeah. I know. Let's get back to PTA moms gone mad. And and, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, um, I. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling somebody about the story. Well, I was telling him about our podcast yesterday. And I was like, yeah, it's like you can go to sleep at night and not, you know, you can listen to this and go to sleep at night and, and not have nightmares. And then I told him about this story and they were like, wow, that seems really dark. That's not what yeah, you just it's said. Dark. And I'm I like, know. I, know, I know, I know, it is dark. So I don't think we're going to be doing a bunch of crime scene adventures. I just, I get, I get too skeeved out. Yeah, it was, and and this the whole thing, like, I don't know, this is gnarly. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. <laughs> gnarly. But we did it. We did do it. Yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, and you can do it too. It's at 826 Rampart Street oh, yes, in New Orleans. Mary would love it. Give you a tour. Yeah. Yeah, she's great, and she runs her thing with her family. They're all. It's got a little museum the there. Museum all kinds of creepy dead cats. Yep. Doll heads. Mm-hmm. So there for you. It's all there. If that's your so, thing. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that crazy episode. <laughs> and if you didn't, then the next one. Hopefully it's not your first one you listen to either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gave it a shot. We did. I mean, it was good, Gretchy. I'm not saying it wasn't good, okay. but you know what I'm saying. We know. Yeah. Okay. Okay.